podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 on this Sunday night. Sheffield United near Liverpool too. We're here on a Sunday and Liverpool have won an actual game of football. Um, it's amazing to say that at the moment, it really, really is. Um, with me, of course, I have I have Grizz, I have Keith and standing in for Shawnee this week is Jamie Holm. Um, you're all very welcome. Make sure you hit the share button, make sure you hit the like button, make sure you hit the subscribe button and all that messing. Um one absolute stud for another stud, I tell you what, eh? Yeah. One yeah. Absolute stud for another stud. I love yeah, yeah. this show. Talking of studs. Talking yeah. of studs. Gav had a little trim there, mate. Looking I did, nice, I did, tight, I did. Tight That's why we're late. That's why we're late. You're trying, you're trying to fucking hang me here. I like it. Um, <laughs> but no, um, we're late because Grizz was complimenting me on my haircut. And then I was telling him about washing my car and how a normal kind of Sunday I felt, which was brilliant. But um, we're going to get into the game. We're going to get into um, the victory for Liverpool. Oh. A very, very important three points. And we're going to look through from the very start to the very end and everything in between. Um, before we do, uh, this show was brought to you by Tayrock Watches. www.tayrock.com. Make sure you use day trippers 15 at checkout for your 15 percent discount i can't tell you we all have those tayrock and um, watches we all love them and i've even ordered one for a friend of mine for a birthday and two other people i know have ordered them and love them quick delivery and um, really like the quality of them so don't forget to support tayrock um by supporting them you support us and i have to be honest the quality of their stuff is really 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 good so make sure you get along and check them out for people for you might do something for Mother's Day for your for your ma, um, because there's women's stuff on there as well. So make sure you go and have a look at them. All right. Um, second thing is, uh, the Keen uh draw was done last Thursday night. We done that. It was ran successfully. Bill was a star doing that. We had the twelve prizes. We have got twelve winners, and we have got the information of those twelve winners. So from tomorrow morning, I'll start packaging them up and posting them off, just to let people know the the winners and and what um how it went. Prize number twelve, and I'm gonna have to switch pages as I do this because I should know all these prizes, but it's hard, lads. Uh, so prize number twelve was a three retro jersey of your choice. Uh, that was run won by Craig Matthews. Um, the Sean Leonard Prince was. Won by Dara Fahey. Ashley Loringer, who I found out was a female and not a male yeah. on the show the other night. Um, she, she won two prizes. She won the Jürgen Klopp print um, by Classquatch and she won the £30 voucher for the cop.com. Um, Emma Cavanagh won the Moving Unit Frame um, FIFA 95 inspired Divock Origi. Um, who else won? Johnny Doyle. People claiming this fellow was um, a relation of mine. He's not. He's actually based in the UK. Um, he won the Carl Toyer, the Seven Prince from Carl Toyer. Uh, Jimmy McGuire. He won the Redmen Prize, um, which was the hoodie and two T-shirts. Redman merch signed by Bruce Grobbler. I hope I have this all right. Sean McAlorum, um, he won the Anfield, um, he won the Anfield rap signed jersey by Jamie Carragher. You had uh, our own Davo won the prize that was donated by Steve, which was a Liverpool jersey signed and framed 
and signed by Luis Garcia and Jamie Carragher. He gave it back, and David Cavanagh won that. Uh, Graham McCarthy won the Mane montage, which was framed and signed. That was given to us by uh, Football Prizes. Noel Nugent won the second prize, which was the Allison boxed and signed jersey. And Laura Duffy won the VVD signed and boxed um, jersey. Brilliant draw, um, brilliant response. The money's being sent. We know all that. Davo that won that prize that he gave back, him and six mates have decided to run 300 kilometres each in March for Keane, which is just blows my mind. Um, but if you if you look on our, our Twitter or you look on Davo's Twitter, you'll see the links for PayPal and the links to the GoFundMe. The link for the GoFundMe is in the description to this show as well, all right? Um, I do know that the PayPal's up over €2,500 already within about three days, so it's absolutely flying. So if you get a chance, check it out, and um, if you can help us out with that, absolutely brilliant. Right, on to the game. Um, we win games. That's what we do. Liverpool Football Club <laughs> win games of football. And <clears throat> it was a must-win, I thought, tonight. Um, you know, Chelsea and United draw gives us, gives us a little look in. Leicester get beaten. Um, Spurs have a good win. City are running away with it, and that's that's absolutely fine. But, Grizz, I'm going to come to you first. You said you were confident going into this one, but they all really do feel like must-wins. You have to take any advantage, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's one of those seasons, isn't it? Uh where it's totally the opposite of last season where um where we'd um, sort of watch the watch our rivals um you know drop points and then totally capitalize week upon week upon week and just sort of dismantle them psychologically as well. Because you know, every time they drop points we capitalize we we capitalize. This season unfortunately has been the opposite. Um, so many opportunities where we've had to close the gap or or whatever, and we failed to do so. I just felt today. I just felt today would get a tune out of these guys. You know, we've had a week, a very emotional week. You know, with with the Allison uh, dad situation and everything on top of the injury to Hendo, and I, I, I thought we'd rally. I thought we'd get together. I thought I thought this week training would do good. Um, and yeah, the results went for us to start off the weekend and it was down to us to capitalise. And I thought, to be honest with you, I, th- I haven't felt as comfortable as that in ages in a Liverpool game. I thought we were comfortable from start to end. Yeah. Emma Cavanagh says all above us, uh, drop points, Bar City. It was massive to get three points. It really was. Um, and, you know, uh, Chris Brack says, and Grizzle, Grizzle will be all over this now. Watch 280 in the chat, only 83 likes. Play the game, smash the like button. It costs nothing. Grizzle makes some sort of ultimatum about likes now in a minute. So um, just give him a minute to think. Jamie. No, I've, I've, I don't need a minute to think. It's just, it's really very simple. Just press it, just smash it, just touch it. Just press that like button. It will do us wonders. It will do you wonders because it will keep us going. And, uh, you know, we'll have some positive news for you. Oh, Ooh. see. Oh, see. He's a fucker, Ooh. isn't he? He's an absolute <laughs> fucker. Uh, Jamie, Grizz, Grizz was confident going into this one, but I want your reaction to it because did, did you feel your shoulders drop after the final whistle where it's like, oh, fucking thank God, because this was getting ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange one for me because I kind of feel over the last couple of weeks, you know, with everything that's kind of gone wrong, I've kind of emotionally detached from the season a little bit. Um, so I didn't really go into this with too many, you know, too much nerves. 
if you, I don't like the word free hits, but in a way, I was just like, I don't know what Liverpool is going to show up today. You know, you looked at the team and there was a couple of question marks over, obviously, new lads at centre-back. I'm I'm not Adrian's biggest fan, to be fair. Um, and, I, and I thought Say he was it fan. proper. Say it proper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, for now, I'll, ju- yeah, I'll, I'll right. just stick with I'm not his biggest fan. All but right. uh, at the end of McGuinness, I might say something different. But um, no, to be honest, I am, I'm not his biggest fan, but I thought he was, he was solid tonight. But going into the game, you know, you looked at the team. I was a little bit nervous. I was disappointed not to see Jota. Um, obviously, we knew Fabinho it was going to be close. Um, I think the key, Gav, is I'm just not I'm not putting too much pressure on this Liverpool team because of everything that they've faced. I just want them to kind of grind out results, take it game by game and see if we can get into top four or a little bit higher. Um, but I tell you what, it was some feeling to, to get a win and, and, and a comfortable win. I thought I thought we were solid, to be honest, um, you know, right through the, the, the spine of the team. Um, we created chances. I did get a little bit worried, though, come half-time when we'd had a couple of guilt-edge chances and not took them. I was kind of looking at it thinking, is this mm. going to be another one of those days? Yeah, and you know what? I think you're absolutely right. And as we go through the game and we, we look at those chances compared to what Sheffield United had, it did have that bit of a feeling at halftime. I'm going to be honest. I was, I was in, I'm in the same boat as you. Keith, onto the lineup. You know, Adrian plays because, you know, yep. we know why and um, that's fully understandable. Trent Robertson, he goes with Kabak and uh, Nat Phillips. Um, he has Wijnaldum, Thiago Jones, and he has the normal three up front. Anything in there surprise you? Not really, no. I think it picks itself um, based on the personnel available. Um, when it turns out that that Davies obviously has a minor knock and isn't available, I think that closes off the centre-back argument. Um, with the bodies we have, I think there wasn't too much more he could do. Um, I mean, does the, the triangle, the axis of evil that everyone was worried about was Adrian... Kabak. I like that. <laughs> Adrian Kabak and Phillips, right? That's obviously the, the 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 area of the pitch that everybody's worried about going into the game. And I suppose rightly so, you know, we we've seen it in the past. Um Ozan Kabak has not settled in yet. Um Nat Phillips, people will still think he's just a bit of a jobber, even though he does a good job in every plays and Adrian just breeds sort of um panic whenever he plays. So that's the worry at the start of the game. Other than that, you know, there's no change really that you're gonna make with the personnel that's available. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the midfield three we've seen in recent sort of games as being a sort of nearly the go-to midfield and then the front three or the front three. So no, the, the lineup didn't surprise me. Um I know a lot of people made it, the bench wasn't wasn't the strongest. I mean, we two keepers on it, um, two very young, inexperienced goalkeepers. But look, it is what it is at the moment. Jamie said something there that he sort of emotionally checked out, not checked out, maybe detached of himself from from this season. And I think a lot of fans are probably like that. And it's nothing. Well, I'll speak for myself. Sorry. In my my case, I, I agree, like, but it's nothing really to do with, oh, we're not winning the league, so we're all checking out. It's not about that. It's, you know, there's, there's only so much, really, that you can take. It's it's nearly dig after dig, and it's, you know, you see the tragedy that happens to Alisson and his father. You know, it's just it's one thing after another, and, and it's just puts football nearly to the back burner. But we do have to play these games, and we do have to win them. And we had to go out there, 
I want to, you know, Roy Keane making out that off oh, if these players can't beat Sheffield United, they should retire. All this nonsense, all this more narrative, you know, yeah, but, about yeah but, yeah, but Roy Keane's changed his middle name to clickbait now at this stage. Like, oh, yeah, soundbite, exactly. soundbite, it's fucking Keane. unbelievable. Like, it's it's but, getting ridiculous now at this stage. It is getting ridiculous. He's absolutely flogged his golly, that fella, for a few clicks. But it's it just goes to show, you know, we're it, it, we're that sort of target now. We were always that target, really. But you know, it's it's that sort of, you know, kick Liverpool one that they don't know if they can't be Sheffield United with this team, mm. you know, jacking in. Even though Sheffield United beat Man U at, at Old Trafford uh, not too long ago, do you know what I mean? He, he wasn't too, um, you know, saying they should retire. But look, that's an aside. I just feel it's Liverpool are the easy targets at the moment. So even though it's a game against Sheffield United, how many people were confident that Liverpool were going to go and win that game? Do you know what I mean? Like, and how many neutrals were saying, "Oh, Sheffield United could get something out of this," you know? So we can sort of say, "Ah, oh, it's easy. It's a job done." But context is everything in this, and I think it was made out that this was harder, you know, and and everything Liverpool have been going through, it certainly wasn't the the foregone conclusion maybe that it should have been. Yeah, um, Matty Tariq from Norway is back. He says, Norway needs you, Grizz. <laughs> You're like some ambassador <laughs> to this country now. Give us some gossip. He says he has positive news. I don't know what it could be anything, it could be anything. You could have got fucking, you could have got that double decker ice cream on special down the co op. It could be anything, and um, but we'll find out in a little bit. And Free World says, Didn't United lose to this Sheffield United team at Old Trafford? Yes, they yeah. did. And this is the same Roy Keane that has been, um, apparently, um, in at Old Trafford with, with other former players, giving them a big G up and being a big inspiration to them. So, um, just stop listening to Roy Keane. He's a fucking idiot. Um, that's it. That's all we've got to do. We've got to just, yeah, just stop. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? There's way too many parodies in the football world now. That's what it is. Yeah. Everyone's trying to out parody each other, right? All across the spectrum of, of, of everything to do with football, everyone is trying to out parody each other. It's not about football anymore. This is this there's is no analysis. No, this is oh. football is the stage, and this is a fucking entertainment show. This is a performance by loads and loads of people. Just stop watching parodies. You'll be absolutely fine. You um, know, analysis is bad, Gav. Just I think I tweeted so it was actually you, Chris, about Mark Goldbridge of all people. And he basically did 30 seconds on Liverpool's problems and how their spine has been ripped out and how can, you know, they're constantly basically, you're unable to build from the back and their fullbacks don't get forward as much now because they don't have the protection. Then your midfield, he, he literally dissected Liverpool's problems in 30 seconds better than any analyst has done in the last six months because it doesn't seem popular to be able to say, well, hold on. If we look at this rationally, Liverpool's spine has been ripped out. Every bit of their foundation whether that be at centre midfield or centre back, has now been um, decimated, which means their fullbacks, which are their main creative outlet, are now not getting as far forward. This type of analysis is is has gone now, you know, and it's a sad state of the world when you're looking at the likes of Mark Goldbridge, a Man United fan, uh, to, to to shed the light on the actual problems that Liverpool are having. So I agree with you, Gav. It, it just seems sound by City at it's, the moment. It is. It's it's parody central. Um, Barry Devaney says, speaking of commentators, how bad is Andy? Andy Hinchcliffe, Andy Hinchcliffe hates ah, Liverpool. Yeah. He hates them. <laughs> We're a passion. He hates them. Um, he did say something a couple of months ago um, about Liverpool, and I, it was it was ridiculous what he said, but it just shows he absolutely hates them, or hates Liverpool. Um, James LFC uh, says Mark Goldbridge is sound. Do you know what? When you when you listen to Mark Goldbridge talk about football, he's absolutely fine. He's yep. not, not great. Marks. Mark's yeah. Mark's a wonderful shout out to yeah. Mark if he's yeah you, if he's watching or listening. Around, you know, he's an yeah. absolute sound guy, um, and 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 as Jamie says, when you, 
the, the key word what, what, from what Jamie said was the key, the key, the key word was rationally to think. Yes. So yeah. many don't rationally think and they just spit sort of the first narrative they hear off, off the media and commentators alike. But if mm. you think about, you know, it, it doesn't take a genius and I'm not saying Mark's not a genius, Mark, you're a genius, but, but the fact of the matter is you just break it down rationally and you see what the issues with this Liverpool team are and why there's issues. Listen, guys, they, they've been dying, absolutely dying to fucking have a go at us from, for the last two, three years. So just embrace it. Use yeah. it as positive energy. They, this, was, this was always going to come. They just couldn't wait. to, And they feel, listen, and they feel like shit. They will feel like shit next season because when we have all our army back and we're standing to go to war again, they're going to oh, feel... Grace, I'm going to get me boots on in a minute and do slide Jamie, tackles outside. Jamie, Jamie how <laughs> shit are they going to feel that the only digs they could have had was when half the army was dead, injured, and they Jesus. couldn't wait. They could not Huge fucking wait. Here. And when we're standing at, honest to God, when we're standing at the start of the season with all our army behind us and big Virgil leading us out again, they're going to shit their brick. And I can't fucking wait. Yeah. Crowds back as well. Everything, everything back. Everyone, everyone happy. And, and the Reds, the Reds will be, the Reds will be absolutely fine. Um, into the game. And Grizz, I'm going to come back to you. Um, start off and... Liverpool, I think from early doors, you see a slight tweak in what Liverpool are doing. You know, you threw up a, 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 what would you call it? It was a picture. I nicked it. I nicked it off Jamie. Oh, you nicked it off Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you I, do I all confess. that. I just, I, I listen, if I was to go through all the stuff you put up and find out who actually originally done it, we'd be here all night um, with me trying to explain it. But... Um, <laughs> This is the is the average positions and stuff like that. But I thought you'd seen it very early on. Liverpool were trying to get Mane more central. Um, I don't know whether that was just to counteract their midfield and, and give us more space in there um, or give the likes of Thiago more space. But you did see it, didn't you? And Robbo was getting higher. But Sheffield United have the first real chance. McBurney's header at the back post. And and I'm going to be honest, Chris, when he gets that chance and, and all right, Adrian saves it, I'm kind of going, oh, that's the first ball into the box. That's And he's just on his own at the back post. Were you were you worried then, Grizz, or were you kind of no? Just build ourselves in, and we'd be absolutely fine. The latter for me. Um, yeah. It hasn't been recently. I'm not going to say like I've been sort of uh, feeling this way going into every game, but I, d I don't know why. I just felt that we'd be up for it. And and when I, I mean, I know you didn't ask me about the team lineups, but when I saw the team lineups, my shoulders did slightly drop in terms of I thought ah. Because I was expecting Naby to start maybe a fresh legs. I was ex I was hoping maybe Davis might get a start because he'd be used to this kind of football in the championship, what the game show for United was going to play. Um so that so so then okay, as Keith sort of explained, he didn't have much choice in terms of the personnel. And then you think, okay, Jurgen, you know your game better than anyone else but tweak the formation a bit. Let's not do this 4-3-3 again, what we've been trying to do for the last few weeks and it hasn't worked. And he'd done it and it worked. Very similar formation to what we played against Spurs, against West Ham. Against West Ham, but with different personnel this time round. Um, and, and it worked. I thought we controlled it, apart from the sporadic cross that they're going to have from a set piece or just sort of... Um, you know, when they get into our area, sort of a long ball, and if it goes for a throw-in, they'll hurl it into our into our box. On the whole, I thought Nat Phillips was superb. I thought he dominated them 
uh, aerially. I thought Kabak had his moments, um, shaky moments, but maybe we can come on to that. But I thought Trent and Robertson were superb. They played with that maturity that we saw, we 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 kind of pointed out in Trent early in the season. Um, I thought he played a fantastic game. But overall, I didn't. I, I see what you're saying when they got that header in. But we, we, we regained control. And what helped us regain control was that double pivot. I've been screaming and pleading for Jürgen to, you know, I've been on the phone to him. A week to, 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 to tell him to tell him to play to tell him to play genie and tiago central or whoever the two midfielders were so let's say fabinho was back and fabinho and tiago or fabinho and genie i whilst we got our seventh and eighth choice center backs let's have two protecting them and the rest will have more freedom and and that's exactly how it panned out Mm. Uh, James LFC is uh, well you're, you're speaking Grizz's language here he says Grizz um, with that motivational speech you gave he says you'll have me chasing chickens around my back garden like Rocky <laughs> now if you catch any Grizz pays good money for chickens <laughs> alright just to let you know so um, make sure if you catch any to let Grizz know um, what I meant by that Grizz was I was just looking for a solid start. No, you know, I wasn't looking for us to go out and blow them away. I was just looking for us <laughs> to be solid, not to give them a sniff. And you know, we we're always going to assert ourselves on this game. I felt because, especially with, when you, with the fullbacks we have, it's going to push their wing backs back. And if, if we can get in around them in midfield, they, they play a fairly flat three in there that, that are quite defensive. I just wanted to see uh, just a, a nothing kind of. 15 minutes 20 minutes to start and just for us to assert ourselves and then just grind at them um but when that chance happened i was kind of going oh that's for it was just kind of force ball in the box and he's running off the back of people here in head and a better striker probably scores to be perfectly honest um but jamie coming to you like overall in that first half you know we've spoken all year about how ramsdale is a poor goalkeeper at 18 million quid and then <laughs> he's making save and then he's making <laughs> save after save and like we spoke about earlier at half time you're thinking Oh Jesus! But especially when I go, if you're missing chances and you're blazing them wide, but this keeper's making—I think he makes five actual yeah, five <laughs> saves, saves in the first half. It's the most he's ever made for Sheffield United in a half yeah. of football. Um, but I, I, in fairness, what Chris says there, Thiago and Alden, I thought Alden was outstanding, by the way. Yeah. But but the way they they just dictated it, they, they moved it when they needed to move it. Jones was allowed float. Mane was coming in to help inside, giving Salah a chance to to kind of move. Salah was needed. I think the fourth man forward most of the time, but we did dictate that first half, didn't we? And it was for you know apart from a really really good goalkeeping performance, it could have been two or three at halftime. Yeah, I, I think I, I put it in the group at half time. I, I think the performance was good. Um, I think we were creating chances um, with more regularity than we have in recent weeks. Um, there's question marks over the finishing, which I know Keith wants to come on uh, onto in a minute. So we'll, we'll wait for that one. But yeah, I think from a control perspective, what, what I was pleased about is that Thiago was further forward. So I think he had more final third passes than any player on the pitch tonight, which is which is huge. And that's where we want to get him involved. Uh, you know, he hasn't got the legs to be covering loads of ground. So if we can try and get him to, to influence a little bit higher up, it's, it's going to make a huge difference. And I think that it did tonight. The only, the only slant I would have, and maybe you want to come onto this in, in more detail, is I thought the fullbacks were superb. Uh, I thought you were seeing them able, again, able to influence higher. Um, we play quite a high line. My worry is with these two particular centre-backs, and I thought Phillips was very solid tonight, but I did actually think we got caught out quite a few times. A mix of being a little bit too high. Um, I think there's question marks over, and I know Kabak's young and he's adjusting to a new team in a new league, but his body position 
it, he always seems to come from the wrong side or get caught square for me. And I think against better opposition, we, we could get caught. So whilst I thought we were in control, all that was missing was the goal. I just feel like, would it not make more sense at this moment in time, whilst we have the personnel that we do, do we not just drop five extra yards? Because I think we've got away with it tonight because they didn't really have much penetration in behind. But particularly looking at the likes of Chelsea and if you've got Werner running in behind, I, I think there's a question to be said, right, do we actually just drop a little bit and, and give ourselves a little bit more protection? Yeah, um, Ramirez with a super chat says, finally a win, Jones and Trent were great. His issue, though, is he thinks Klopp hasn't changed the formation enough. He thinks Salah is being played too wide. I don't Hash. see a problem with I don't see a problem with Salah playing wide if you can isolate him. What, what's happening is a, a lot of airplay I felt was when Salah was getting it, he wasn't isolating um, fullbacks. He was getting crowded out. Because you were literally funneling stuff towards Salah, and all your team are just shifting. Whereas if you can, if you can get more players in around the middle of the pitch, and then quickly get it to Salah, like you see in the chance he has, where it's just quickly to him, and he just stops and goes, and the keeper makes another fucking save. But it was one of those where he isolates a fullback, and as soon as he isolates that fullback, your man's never stopping him. Your man's never stopping him. Um, but, but I, I get where you're coming from, um, Ramirez. I really do because. I think it could. There was a bit of a shift today. I think there could be something else there that makes us that little bit more powerful going forward. Jamie, you want to jump back in? Yeah, I was going to say the the big thing for me. It's kind of like risk reward. You don't have full. So to go back to the Salah point, I think our wide forwards, if you want to call them that, struggle when, like you said, Gav, they become isolated. So when they haven't got fullbacks that are overlapping, mm. they then become kind of like natural wingers. So a, a, an opposition team can go two on one. So basically, they can't get in behind. They're doubled up. So they basically become, you know, isolated in the game and it's difficult for them to influence. What we're doing at the moment is because we play such a high line, it allows Robbo and Trent to get forward on the overlap. So they become the wingers. And then when you see us call us in problems, it's when Salah's the inside forward, Mane's the inside forward. So it's kind of like because we play such a high line, it allows the fullbacks to go forward and then we can create higher up the pitch. So it's 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 a difficult one. We're going to take, we're going to, concede more chances and risk more goals but at the same time it allows to get our better players i.e. your manes your salas in the positions where they can do most damage and ultimately the fullbacks bombing on so it's a it's a tough one keith you know we said we said ramsdale's had a good half but was it encouraging for you that the sort of chances we're carving out we don't score but you know you see genie drift and, and hit a good shot it's yeah. a good save and I think Firmino should blast one and, and tries to square it. You have one where Trent's really far forward, gets inside, it's a brilliant left foot shot, yeah. and it's a good save. Firmino's true on goal, and there's a lot of argument over it. Does he go too centrally on him? Does he go put out a nice height? I think there's a, a bit of both um, on that one. I think you have to give the keeper a bit of credit, but Firmino should be burying it. But w was it nice to see us creating those sort of chances? Because let's be honest, we've been beaten at home a couple of times, and um, you know, even away at Leicester, where we were, I thought we were good. There wasn't loads of clear cut chances, but tonight there seemed to be a little bit more creativity and, and, and opening that team up. Now, I know it's Sheffield United, and I get that, but it was nice to see for me just, you know, oh, that's different types of chances, I think is, is the, the best way to put it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they weren't just, um, you touched on it there, Gav. The, the games we've been playing, we've not been creating chances. We all know we haven't been creating chances. And the ones we have been creating, they've been snatched or they've been, you know, 
half chances maybe you know we're not clear cut ones whereas today you're right the the trent's one uh trent's one there yeah he cuts in great work cuts in tries to give the keeper the eyes put it into the top corner keeps on make keeper makes a good save the genie one skips through a uh, couple of challenges blasts it a good shot good save um Salah's one where he goes through and again a good save by the keeper they, they were excellent moves now the one everyone talks about is Bobby's one and um, where he goes through clear and look make no mistake any forward player should be scored in there I just think Bobby's getting too much stick for that and maybe not enough credit to Ramsdale um I'm not, I'm not Bobby Firmino fan so it sounds like I'm just a, a cheerleader for him at this stage but I just think it's um it's a good save with the keeper and he gets a good strong hand up to keep it out if he doesn't get that hand up as high or it, it's going in do you know what i mean the shots on target we could say he should dink it you could say that about every chance that's ever missed you know what i mean he should drill it he should dink it he should go around him he should do this and he should do that i think it was a good performance by ramsdale and i was sort of worried you know because there were good chances we were creating but he was making the saves and it was looked like it was another one of them where a keeper who's been absolute pony every game he plays comes against us and puts in a leviation performance so i was worried about it but at the same time i felt we were there was something about the performance that i just felt looked good something ramez said about the formation change uh, I thought we were actually quite good with the formation change because it was countering what they were trying to do i thought Trent was very good as a, a ball playing centre back. I thought Robbo was, geez, he was camped out on the left wing, and Salah got the space because he dropped back as a right wing back. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was very clever by Liverpool, and it put Mane more centrally. Now, you know, you could do it the other way. You could put Robertson as the the left sided centre back, and you know, Salah centrally or whatever. There's options to do there. We've all said Klopp needs to make changes to the formation or tinker the way we're playing. And I thought he'd done that today and I thought we looked good. I wasn't, I know hindsight's a great thing, right? I wasn't worried that we wouldn't have won that game. I always felt we were going to win that game tonight. I didn't think it was going to be a, a West Brom or one of those other ones where you don't take the chances because the types of chances, we, we were playing well to cut them open, I thought. And I, I just had a feeling the chances would come. But the reason, but the reason for the chances today, Keith, uh, as compared to the type of chances that we've been creating before that were, how shall I say, more through more through um, controlled possession. So yeah. we had more of our better players having more of the possession as opposed, and centrally in dangerous area, as opposed to sort of relying on our fullbacks. So, well, so we you touched upon it. So you, yeah, so you, exactly. So you touched upon Robbo having that, left side to himself you know it could be said that in recent times Mane and, and Robbo were sort of getting in each other's way and sort of way out of the action you know and, and not enough people in the area as a result well now what we had was if Robertson was going wide you could you could for sure see Bobby Mane even Jones and Salah coming in into the penalty area how many times did our forwards attacking players midfielders get touches in the penalty area uh in, in their 18 yard box even and that was key today I think yeah. I, I, I was going to say I, I think you've got to give us a bit of credit for the bravery as well so I think 
Sheffield United probably played into our hands a little bit. Um, I mean, I, th- I think we've got a good gl- glut of home games coming up now and teams will be more defensive. And I think that's where we've, that's probably where we will struggle more. I think Sheffield United were quite open, but I think you've got to commend the bravery and our desire to get in the box. I think if you refer to that average positions graphic that went around after the game, Curtis Jones was our most furthest forward player today which tells you everything we were looking to to break and, and get him beyond um I, I just to go back to your point Keith I do think there is a conversation around Bobby Firmino um you know you, you're in games at the moment and these goals they're so important you know when we, we, we when we haven't got much confidence and you kind of feel like you know you, you you're getting chances you're not taking them it just creates a nervousness and when you've got a centre-backs pairing that isn't normal you know it's just it creates a ripple effect and you know, Bobby had two chances in the first half. The worry is he's, he's not selfish enough. He's not lethal enough. You know, that, that first chance for me, I think it's a great save, don't get me wrong. But the, the goalkeeper's gone the other way. He just had to roll it in the corner. Um, and then the second one, it's like he's he's thinking too much about it. He, instead of just smashing it in the goal and being ruthless, he's, he's tried to be smart and cut it back. I just, I think... Jota coming back will do him a lot of good because he'll be able to rest. I think there is a big part of it that he's knackered. He's absolutely knackered. This guy's been running on empty for the best part of three years. But I, I, I think it is a worry and it definitely is a conversation. He's just He doesn't seem lethal enough for me when we do get the chances. It's I a think... definite upgrade that's needed, isn't it? Sorry, Gav, for cutting yeah. across you there. It, I've no, as I said, I'm a Bobby fan. But I think he, he does his, his best work from a deeper position. And I just think he's not a number nine. He's worked uh, in the system for us as a number nine, as a, a, a false nine, if you want. And it's allowed the others to play. The last two years, he doesn't get enough goals. He's not ruthless enough. He's not a good finisher. He's he's an average finisher. And if he's playing as a number 10 or he's he's a, an attacking midfielder, that's fine. But when you're the sort of number nine in a team, and when that team aren't firing, the pressure comes on you. And I just but, think, you know... The key, to the, the, key to all this, the key to all this is Jota. Yeah. This is the key. Yeah. Because... Even even though Jota sort of was ruled out of, because of illness, um, just the thought of Jota on the verge of being fit again, I thought it upped. I mean, I know we're talking about Bobby missing the chance, but I thought his overall game was so much better. Yeah. I mean, I know he missed the chance. I think he has a better game than Manny. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. I, I, I tend think to agree. In terms, of, in terms of his work was more neat, in terms of his work was more intelligent and neat as opposed to Mane tried his heart out. He's just out of form. And so therefore, Jota puts pressure on Mane and Bobby as a result now. Yeah. Uh, I think it gives us many options. I, and and I know we're talking about we counted uh, Sheffield United. I thought we gave them um, uh, a problem. They didn't know how we're going to set up. And this is the key. Liverpool teams of recent weeks, we know how they're going to set up. We know how they're going to play. Today, we were very unpredictable. And that's what was key. I think I think um I think if Jota for argument's sake if Jota was fit on Torsi, I'd see I think you'll see them all four of them play. I think I think that today tonight looked like a, a warm up to a four two three one with Jota in that side. I genuinely do. Because if you if you go with those two, if you like if you went with the two you're you're talking about in the, in, in Wijnaldum and Thiago, no Jones we get onto I thought he was excellent. But if you wanted to take a Jones out and put a Jota in, you could move Bob, Bobby in a, in a deeper position and put Jota right through the middle. You really could. And I I think there's an argument there that if you look back to Man City, City the Man City away, madness, City yeah. away, yeah, like and four. he plays. I think he does. He play Wijnaldum 
uh, Henderson Fabinho maybe that day and he just goes with the four lads he just goes fucking mad and, and it was great to watch for the first half an hour I think there's a there's a there's a good chance that you'll um I know I, I'm 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 which is all when you say you know and loads of people have said Firmino hasn't stopped playing football in about four years and that's correct mm. um but I think I think Jota will put pressure on Firmino and I think you've seen earlier in the season Firmino kind of upped his game and Jota came in. Mm. But I think that might be an argument that not not he may replace him. He may replace him in the side because he's just knackered. But it might be the the jolt that he's given mightn't be by being replaced. It might be by having this fella in the team with him. Another runner. And an actual runner that's in front of him rather than the side of him. So if you put, if you put Bobby in a deeper position to where he is now and say, right, Jota's going to go up against those two centre-halves and you're going to flow. You could it, it could rejuvenate him in that way. I don't know, but I, I do think he needs a rest. I think we're a bit harsh on him on the fourth chance. I think the keeper tries to guess and it's brilliant reflexes because if he's a, if he's a millisecond off that, that's in the net. He just happens to yeah. get his hand out. Um, but I agree on the second one. A clinical striker just takes his left foot and lash, lamps that in the net. There's no, might, there's no second thoughts. You might be onto something there, Gav, with the with the front four thing because in a way. It's kind of like going back to 13-14. Brendan Rodgers knew we didn't have a spine or a defensive setup or structure that was was going to help us uh, keep tight and, and win that title. He knew attack was our best form of defence. And given the casualties that we do have, we'd be better off taking the risk and trying to win 3-1 than you know trying to nick the odd goal here or there. So, and, and if you actually look at that City game as the, the example, they were shell-shocked. They didn't know what to do. For the first 30 minutes, we could have been 2-3 up. Yeah. Uh, so I think he could be onto something there. Yeah, Ramirez says, in my opinion, I think the problem is that the chances don't come to our goal scorers since Mane and Salah are too far out of the danger area and we haven't goal scorers in Bobby and the midfield. Will you discuss Redboard? Ramirez, Redboard is obviously the, the company that looks like they're buying 10% in the F in Fenway Sports Group for a um, room worth $750 million. We're going to talk about that tomorrow night on the forum. That's one of the topics for the forum. Some Olivier asked, will we talk about the Brighton free kick from yesterday and all that went on there? Um, that's also on the forum tomorrow. So um, I'll let you know at the end the full lineup for the forum. And But them two topics are most definitely in it because I I have I'm on it and I'm I've I've picked one of those. So I let you all know exactly what that is later on. Um, but look, we get to half time, lads, and we're all seem fairly confident. I'm a bit. Me and Jamie are a bit fucking hell. We know what's coming here. And it's only because of what's gone on over the last yeah. couple of months. Um, but Grizz, back to you. Um, I want to talk a bit about Curtis Jones because as Jamie says there, he's the fourest man forward on them average positions that you see after the game. He gets the fourth goal. Um, it's it's good by Trent. He gets to the end line. Um, I think the defender can do better. What he's doing, flicking that out into the middle of his box. I don't know what he's doing. Just put it in the stand. <laughs> But it's a re it's it's such an underappreciated finish for me. It's it's so good. Yeah, um, look, this this fella has has a lot of talent and and we 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 kind of and I and I noticed it as well. I thought um sort of he was being under instruction to sort of keep the ball more and not what's the word, not drive and not play to his natural ability like he does um uh, for the under 23s um i've seen a lot of him sort of playing for the under 21 sorry um and and that was far more his position in the under 21s he has an absolute free license in the under 21s and obviously he's the star boy in that team and so therefore the star boy in your team has a free role i thought today and 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 previously just the last couple of games i think he's been given 
a freedom to express himself. And again, that's a result of that double pivot in terms of Ginny sitting and T as well as Tiago and 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 um, Jones were playing as eight on either side of T uh, Ginny. It's totally different now. See, they were playing next to each other, and it gives that freedom too for Bobby to drop and join in the play with Jones, and it gives Jones a far more. Uh, position that he's sort of used to growing up playing as well. He played a lot of his football growing up in that position where he's allowed to roam between the lines. And he's got amazing quick feet where he sort of entices defenders and gets past them very, very easily. And this is what, this is the next stage of his development for me. Start getting the goals, start getting the assists because he looks great. And we've praised him in terms of his composure on the ball, his technique on the ball you know, the way he links play. But this is where we want him. So we so we don't want him sort of making last-ditch tackles on the edge of our box, which he has done, and he's shown he's capable of doing that if and when the team needs him. But his main skill is to drive at defenders, get the ball in those between the lines. Um, and, and, and I thought he was fantastic at that. Um, I thought him and Bobby, as I said, him and Bobby, um, the, the interplay between him and Bobby was fantastic, which gives the likes of Mane and Salah who like to play on the last man utilize their strengths more. So I think everyone played to their strengths, basically. Everyone was played, deployed to play in their strengths. And I think the out the, the outcome was, you know, a comfortable win. Keith, the goal goes in, right? And like when when it comes from on on, on well, the I'd say the edge of the box was he was about six, 16 inch yards out. Um the easy thing to do there is open your body out, hit it with your instep, and try put it in the other corner because that's mm. as a right footer. Put to let it run nearly across you, and then just whip it with your foot into that far corner. I thought was was brilliant. But one thing I did notice when the goal goes in, right, he celebrates. People come to him, and you see Thiago torn to one or two players that must have been at the back, the likes of Kabak, or, and he's calling them as if to say. That's our goal. Everyone in here together. It was a real, it was a real case of there was relief in it. But did you read it? I read something into it. But did you read that into that? That like they're all, they're all calling everybody in to say, listen, that's everyone's goal. You know, and that's how much goals at this stage mean to them. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying on that, Gav. I think it's something that you know when your confidence is low and you know you're you're getting stick and you might feel it's unwarranted and it's unfair you know despite what fans can be fickle and and other teams as i said will will never fans of other teams and pundits won't give you credit you know liverpool know they're a good team they know they're good players but they're just in the mire at the moment and nothing is going their way and when a goal goes in it's a hard earned goal I think they just want to say, yeah, get this team spirit up. It's something we've praised Klopp about. Klopp, when Klopp came in, right, the biggest thing he had to do, I'm going to divert a bit here, um, was turn the fans from doubters into believers, right? Some of the first things he says when he comes in. And he done that. And I think the recent run of form was all it took to sort of do away with all that, that work among the fan base, right? It was, you know, the... The, the doubts crept in were all programmed to to you know to lose and, and to be you know the bridesmaids and never used to being the, the bride. I think the players are sort of feeling it and are a bit pull like pulling together as a team. Do you know what I mean? Allison's had a tragedy this week as far as dies in tragic circumstances. You know, it there just seems to be knock, 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 knock. And I think they're just looking to pull them all together. We've a new 
centre back there. We'll come on to him. You know, we're patching the squad up every game, every week. We're, we're having to sort of put a plaster over an elbow to find that we need a plaster on the knee. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just one thing after another. And I think Thiago trying to pull them lads in, it's like right, we can. You know, we're a team. Let's fucking let's act as a team. Let's play as a team. I think it's probably a bit of experience trying to get them in. And I was delighted to see it myself. I think it's it's something that we need to do. I think there's too much not players looking after themselves, but maybe not that team spirit that we've seen over the years in the squad. Mm. Madge Apple says solidarity is important when you're getting shit from all yeah. quarters. Really is. And Manda Roncon Dilma, um, what a great name, by the way. Um, okay. I still think Thiago will make bigger impact once all our players are back. Hopefully, he's going to make people eat their words. Listen, oh, don't yeah. don't be listening to them words, please. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like rating it's like rating a boxer and he goes out and he's one hand one hand tied behind his back. Um, he, let let things settle down and as Grizz said earlier, let, let these players get back and when you see the actual Liverpool team out week on week, then you can make a judgment on Thiago and many more, um, to be honest with you. Jamie, just the last thing on, on, on Curtis Jones, because me and you have spoken about him quite a bit and how he's great at protecting the ball, moving the ball, you know, going I think Jamie's frozen on air screen here. Um but I'm gonna ask mm-hmm. the question anyway. Um and if he doesn't, I'll I'll give it to one of you, you just can answer. We've spoken quite a bit about Curtis Jones, you know, great at protecting, great at move with the ball. He can he can glide by people, you know. It's he has all those aspects, and and you see him today as the forward forward. You see you see him as the forward forward player today, right? And but but I'm wondering, and Jamie, I think you're back there. The, the question I have about Curtis Jones is, where do we ultimately see him? Because that that surprised me a little bit today. It, are we are we just looking at his strengths and going, let's get him that bit forward and let him kind of play his own natural game? Or do you still think in the future we'd be looking at him in a tree, either off the left or off the right, as an A, but looking to keep his best attributes, but still have him in that system, if you know what I mean? Not take his his best stuff away from him by having him fit our system. Or do we do we let him loose a little bit more? I think it's a curious think, one on Curtis Jones. Yeah, because I think, uh, for me... He's got a little bit of everything. Um, and I think if you remember when Carragher used to come back into the little started coming into the Liverpool team, they kind of played him at fullback to kind of learn uh, learn the ropes. I think you're kind of seeing that a little bit with Curtis Jones at the moment. They're getting him to do a little bit of everything um, before they decide exactly what type of player they want him to be for this Liverpool team. He's got a little bit of the, the Steven Gerrard syndrome in that he probably tries to do a little bit of everything. Um, and if you, if you think of Gerrard's comments, particularly around Rafa Benitez, Benitez wanted him to be a lot more controlled in his play and I think you're starting to see that now with Jones one of his biggest traits for for a kid that age is his maturity and he's never phased he'll take the ball in any situation kind of like a Jack Grealish you know he's got players all around him and he'll keep the ball um but I think Grizz is right I, I want to see him influence higher up the pitch I don't want him near our penalty box I want him I want him creating so whatever type of system we can uh, we, we can give him the platform to go and create because more often than not we're going to come up against teams that have a lot of bodies in and around the box so to have somebody like him who can keep the ball when when pressed when pressed from multiple angles and then just pop it off to somebody in space that's where I think you're going to see the best Curtis Jones Cavo Sullivan says um I think he is a pure box to box in the making. I think that's a great show. 
because I think they're going. I think you're going to see a high. I going to. I think you're going to end up seeing a Curtis Jones that's a hybrid of the Curtis Jones we've seen in in underage football, where he glides by people, but a hard working player that he's going to become in in this system that we have. I, I think a box to box is a great show. Grizz, box to box, are you going for that with Curtis Jones? No, no, no I don't think. I, think I don't it's a great think. Show. I, I, you know, I think it's a great shout, but I don't think that's that's his best position at all. I don't think I don't expect him to be a box to box for Liverpool going forward. I really do expect him to be, as Jamie says, a Jack Grealish type um, performance Off with the discipline, left with discipline, with a discipline, with discipline. Look, he's shown he can play a variety of roles, and I do believe that he is. <laughs> Some of it is forced because of the injury situation he's had to cover. You know, some of it's been put on, put, put, you know, he's had to play in these positions and I think he's done amicably. But I think eventually we will see him for his natural talent, uh, which is being that sort of creative spark um, in that sort of between the lines. You know, that's his floating. Doesn't have to be off the left, Gav. Today he predominant, uh, mostly, I, I will double check the heat maps. I haven't got it to hand, but I think, you know, Jamie he was fast. <laughs> I, th I think, I don't know if Jamie can check, but I, I think the majority of his play was central or right. Or not majority, but a lot of it. So I think, look, I, I just think he's in between the lines, a floating eight, possibly a 10, and just taking on plays on the edge of the box, committing to people trying to challenge him, winning free kicks and penalties. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not Very against that. that. I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is, I don't see a Jurgen Klopp side going, listen, go on out there and be a floaty eight taking on people. You have to do this yeah. stuff at the other end. So what I'm saying is, that's where he, Kevin Sullivan's point he, about box gave, to box he, was in. He gave, I, he gave I, Royce I, that role. He gave Kagawa that role. He can easily be a Kagawa. Yeah, but uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't you can't compare it to what he done with Kagawa and, and this, because we haven't seen that. I just side. did. Yeah, but, yeah, but on, on what grounds, Chris? Because you haven't seen it in five years. He hasn't had That's, a floaty eight that just takes on. But this people. is this is what ITKs do. You see into the future. You don't talk about you. You <laughs> no, see that's what Bernie Stokes does, Chris. Yeah, well, you know, but I've, I can see that in his game. You know, as I said, look, the way to look at it is, uh, and as I said, I don't know how much you have saw him in the under twenty ones. I saw a lot of him. A it lot could of be, yeah. I saw a lot of him in the under-21s, and that was his position. He was brought into the first-team setup based on his performances in the under-21 setup, and that's where he played. Right, left, between, behind the striker, having a free role. Of course, I, I totally accept what you're saying. Jurgen Klopp's not going to go and say have a free role. You know, he's not on that level to have a free role in this amazing Liverpool team. But he's got the confidence and he's got the, the game. I think he's got the game to develop into that role, for sure. sure. If I and I don't like doing this because I think it's done too much. You know, it's uh, it's this player mark too, or you know, you try and shoe on a player into to other players' um, former positions. If I but if I was to kind of compare him, I think he could be the new Ginny if you want, because his ability to keep the ball in tight spaces, I think he can do that job easily. But I he also reminds me, you know, when uh, Coutinho was played as the eight centrally. And he'd pick it up and drive. So he'd pick it up a little bit deeper and Coutinho would, would scurry and rat away and win the ball. But then he'd drive. Jones's ability to go past people in the same way that Naby Keita's ability to go past people. I think that's where, where Jamie, he's at here's one. Best. Jamie, here's one comparison. Do you know McManaman in his latter years when he became... And he could, and he still had the ability to drift past players, and yet More be so good. in his position. And yeah. Madrid, Madrid found that discipline in his position. They found a position for him. Keith will know, Central. you know, being a European, being a, 
but 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 that's what I'm saying. He's got the discipline to play that and the intelligence, game intelligence on the pitch. I think he's so not. You know, I'm not saying he's not intelligent off the pitch, but what I'm saying is you can see that game intelligence he's got, and game intelligence is very difficult to describe. You're either or, or coach, you either have it kind of thing or you don't. Do you know what I mean? And I, for us, how old is he? For a young lad, oh, that's scary, guys. For, to have that ability at, at 20, I really yeah, I think. Would. I wouldn't compare him to any Liverpool player or, or any former player. I'm I'm just looking at what I've seen in Curtis Jones in the underage setup and what he's what he's and like you, you've rightly said, he's done bits and pieces in various positions in this side. I, what I'm just wondering is, are we trying to without hindering his natural ability and his natural want to go at players and and go past them? Are we trying to are we trying to put that together with a hard working central midfielder? Because if you can, you know get a hybrid of those two, you end up with a box-to-box player that's six foot tall, a strong runner, really good with his feet, um, he can drive at you. He, he turns out, that just sounds a fantastic prospect to me, rather than mm. pigeonholing him into, oh, he's a 10, or he's a guy, or he's a this, and he glides. I don't want people to think Curtis Jones just a fella that gets it and glides by people the other time. I'd love, like uh, Jamie says, without comparing him to Genie, I'd love to see Curtis Jones chasing a fella down, winning it, turning it, and just driving back up the pitcher and going, yeah, that's, that's absolutely perfect for us. Because... I think sometimes players in this side get pigeonholed too much. You know, like, um, this fella just does this and this fella. And the midfield is very functional, don't get me wrong. But I think in Curtis Jones, you have something, for me, a little bit different where he can be absolutely functional, but he can do something that Genie probably doesn't do or Hendo doesn't do. You know, Keita can do at times. I think I think there's, there's an absolute place for him in this starting level if he continues to... to you know where he wants to be, and he continues on that um, trajectory. That's it's it's a very interesting one to watch. I think he's got a little bit of everything, and I think that's the key. I, I likened him before to to Ginny Wijnaldum, but only in his ability to keep the ball. I think coaching kids, you know, you talk about body shape and receiving the ball. Curtis Jones is kind of like the poster ball for uh, poster boy for how you should keep the ball in tight spaces. But I think you're right, Gav. He's a little he's a little bit of everything. But I think the best thing for Liverpool and his development. Think of all the problems that he's had to go through and solve and be a part of this season. Mm. So whether it's playing in big Champions League games like away at Leipzig, well, I say away, the away game uh, versus Leipzig, he was brilliant that day, the composure that he showed. Then he's had different problems where you know we've, we've ultimately lost our leaders and he's been expected to step up. And in some games he has, he's also made mistakes. And I think there was, a, there was one, I can't remember the team, but he lost the ball on the edge of the box. I think it was West Brom actually, and they scored from the corner. So he's made mistakes on the job as well. This kid is still young and he's going through all of this at such an early age. It uh, it only bodes well for the future. Mm-hmm. Jonathan says the axis of evil, which I think uh, Keith called him this earlier, which is Adrian Phillips. And <laughs> That's going to stick now. Yeah, Hopefully we don't um, see it again. It worries him. It worries him if we continue. Um, El Nino's number nine would have scored tonight. Um, Chelsea will be licking their lips. Have you this seen is, how big Torres is now? He's been on the uh, yeah, 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 way, on the way yeah. <laughs> tank. Whoever, had, whoever, 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 whoever Grizz has or he used to have as El Nino's number nine. Um, I don't know if he would have scored tonight. Um, Grizz will tell you he would have scored all day long. It was a cracking side that he had. Um, oh, he cl- clone for Sadio Mane. He was absolute <laughs> clone for Sadio Mane. I tell you, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic striker. Anyway, well, the only thing I would say, and we touched on Quebec earlier. You know, was body positioning and was he a bit flat footed or the cut square, whatever it might be. 
I don't think he's been overly impressive, I'm going to be honest. But he's 20 years of age coming into mm. a, a new country. He's he's walked in and he's had a centre midfielder beside him who's played one game and then disappeared after half an hour with, a, with an injury that has him out for the majority of probably the rest of the season. Um, then he has uh, Nat Phillips come in beside him and they played a half an hour last week and this is the first full game this week. So despite... Yeah, nervy moments, and, and Jamie pointed out his body positioning and stuff like that. He's 20 years of age, and he is what we have. You know that kind of way. I get where you're coming from with Chelsea, with the likes of Werner, Ziyech, uh, whoever, Mason Mount, whoever else you want to throw there. But it's a learning process, and, and that's just the position we're in. You know, what do we do? Do we take Habak out and get um, Davies in now and just throw him in and see what happens? Because, because you're, But you're going to end up with the same problems. You've, mm. you've players that are not used to playing beside each other and double-guessing each other, second-guessing each other. You know, if Gomez and Van Dijk are there, you just go, move move three yards now, move, 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 they're off, that's it. There's no there's no worrying, there's no thing, but I get where Jamie and others are coming from with his body position and the way he attacks stuff and watching players over his shoulder. But And that is a, sounds like a very basic thing, but, you know, it is basic, but then, then you're looking at what way Liverpool are looking to play as well. Look, we just have to see on Thursday. And as Jamie said, you don't become detached. You don't kind of give up, but you do kind of go, we're just going to see what happens because that's what we're at. We, 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 can, we can look at it and study it afterwards, but beforehand you're kind of going, well, theoretically we could do this and this, but we're at the stage now as we go, every time we want this pitch, we're just going to have to see. Let's just see what happens because that's, that's where we are. We really, really are. Um, Keith, Bobby Firmino, big fan of Bobby Firmino, gets the second Bobby. goal. I'm not having it um, that it's an own goal. I don't yeah, care what anybody says. No. Um, if Bobby Firmino isn't doing that sort of stuff, we're not scoring that goal. So it's his goal, in my opinion. Um, exactly. And I'm marking him down for one. But um, it gives us some breathing space, doesn't it? It does. And it's, you know, it's... I thought Bobby, we said it earlier, I thought his play was good. And we can, you know, wax lyrical at Sheffield United at the end of the day. But his play was good. He was linking up well. He, he was doing some good stuff. Neat and tidy. And I think the goal could have been going out for a throw for all I care. But, you know, he works it well. He gets in. Bits, close control. Nice bits around the box and forces the goal. So as far as I'm concerned, that's one for Bobby. But, it's again, it's, it's another one that, you know, he didn't get the goal today and... He gets lashed over for missing the chance, as we said earlier, and then everybody's rushing to that's an OG, that's an OG, and it is going to be it is given as an OG, but he does well. Do you know what I mean? He does well. And I think Bobby, if we can go back to the the Curtis Jones for a minute, where I see Curtis Jones, I think, in his best would be if we switched to a four, two, three, one, because I think he can play any of the three behind. The, the front player I think he can even come from with don't think he can do that in a 4-3-3 but I think there's so many players that could do that I think Bobby would be better in a 10 and a 4-2-3-1 than he is as a 9 and a 4-2-3-1 and it's because similarly to Jones I think they're so clever in and around the box they're not looking to you know snatch at chances and shoot or when they're good, let's say, they're not looking to make bad decisions. When we're at our best, it's intricate little cutting them open around their positions on the box. And I thought we'd we done it on that second goal. Bobby gets in, he beats a couple of beats a couple of players. Right, look, the shot is brutal. Let's be honest, it is brutal. But he's forcing them into it and he gets a bit of luck. I think he deserved a bit of luck. But that's just me being a Bobby Stan or a fanboy or whatever people want to say. I just think it's it's easy to kick him 
and then not give him a bit of credit when he plays well. I thought it was a good good performance by Bobby, capped off for a nice goal, where there was no question marks over the first goal while waiting on the, the VAR check. Nothing on the second one. Happy days. Mm. Does the business. Yeah, and it, it gives us that breathing space, and I think Liverpool see out the game quite well. Um, Sheffield and they make a couple of changes. We do see Kate and stuff, and uh, but, but overall, I thought Liverpool saw the game out quite well, and a comfortable enough three points in the end. Um, we're going to finish up in a minute, but we want to get man of the matches before we do, and if the lads have anything else they want to talk about, we can absolutely do that. Um, Grizz, man of the match for you? Um, tough one, tough one. Uh, I, I'm going to give it to going to give it to Ginny Wijnaldum. I thought Ginny Wijnaldum. I mean, I read so much drivel, absolute drivel on 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 the Twitter this week about sort of you know suggestions that he should leave, you know, and you know he's not worthy of captain because of yeah, the fact this, that he's considering. Is this is this is this a rumor that he could end up staying? Yeah, I was going to come to that, but you've fucking um, you've ruined um, it. You've ruined it. I've brought you to it. But but look, there's the, you're taking your time. We're here fifty nine fucking minutes. Yeah, he's, he's he's never wanted to leave Gav. We know that from a personal point of view, you know. And and he and he feels as though the club haven't been fair to him in terms of their offers they're making to him. His heart is here. He doesn't want to leave despite all the media stories and everything. And, and and some people were holding that against him in terms of he shouldn't be the captain. Um, but I thought I thought his performance today, marshalling that team, which is so low on confidence, missing six, seven leaders ahead of him, uh, sorry, that are usually ahead of him. Um, I thought he marshalled and protected the back, the, the centre-backs brilliantly. I thought he linked up the play. I thought he's. I thought he's. Oh, he barely gave the ball away. He absolutely dominates the ball. Yes, he can be conservative, but it's all about confidence levels with him. And then if he's got a fellow, if he's got a fellow maestro alongside him, like Thiago, then did you did we see the surges that he can make? You know, I think Jamie touched upon it. His ability to drive with the ball. You know, Jones can learn off, and and Ginny done that again. He's he's, he's simply he's simply. Um, you know, an Iron Man for us, absolute Iron Man. It's, so it's, I'm going to give. It's, it's it's funny though, isn't it? Like before you, get, you officially give it to an Alan, but isn't it funny how we've spoken about Thiago at Bayern having the likes of a Kimmich or a Goretzka beside him that have serious engines in them to go all day, and then when you put him in beside beside Ewan Aldam, who does like I think he's looked tired, but he is that sort of player that would just make, you know cover so much ground for you and be so destructive in midfield when he needs to be and then when you have Thiago going yeah he's doing all that and just give me it and we can go from there uh, your spot your spot your spot on there with the with the comparison to Kimmich and uh, and Goretzka um Ginny is as as resilient as as fit as energetic as either of those two players and and look isn't it a miracle guys that we've seen an improvement in Thiago's performances in this role or in this setup with Ginny in midfield I just thought Ginny for me there could have been a couple of you know Curtis Jones was a, a very able um man of the match you know he could have easily been man of the match but I, I'm I personally I'm going to give it to Ginny Wijnaldum yeah, Master of Disaster says um, he reckons there's an improved offer on the table for Gene Wijnaldum with regards to a contract. Uh, Chris Brack says, why is Gene being captain such a surprise? Klopp said years ago the captain order leadership group is Henderson, Milner, VVD, Wijnaldum. I presume that comes from the fact that people 
believe he's leaving and if he's leaving he shouldn't be captain that's ridiculous um, well, put it this way, well, put it this way. You know, if yeah. Jürgen, no, no, but even even if his performance is good, yeah, if Jurgen Klopp, if if Ginny had made noises to Jurgen Klopp that I want to leave, he would no way be captain, or he's yeah. itching for a move, or he was sort of you know making noises behind the scenes. Mm. This shows, this proves that you know he doesn't want to leave. It's between you know him and the board, and his effort on the pitch has been magnificent. Um, there isn't an offer on the board, but I've been I've been told that there will be further talks now to try to resolve this Ginny situation. So guys, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a foregone conclusion that he's leaving. Can I jump in with a controversial one on the Ginny situation? Mm-hmm. If we need to evolve as a team, do we not need to make our players, do we not need to start replacing some of the older players in the team? And boy that, and look, I'm a huge Ginny Wijnaldum fan. If Ginny mm-hmm. was to stay and sign a new contract, mm-hmm. What are we doing to replace these players? Do you know what I mean? We can't go again with the same. I can. I. I straight, squad. straight away, I can tell you three players that I'd get rid of before. Oh, so Gina I'd Manalda. get rid of Oxley Chamberlain. I'd get rid of um, Naby Keita at this stage from the midfield. Well, it's not really going to happen. And I, I'm not trying to dig out Genie. I think he's brilliant. I think he's he's absolutely one of the best ball carriers in Europe, if not yep. the best. But Keith, but Keith, you see, this this is the. This season has shown me more than any other season. You have to fucking be there. And there's too many players haven't. Yeah, you know I agree. I mean? Now, don't get me wrong. 24, 25-year-old, and he turns up once every fucking two months. Or a 30, 31-year-old that's there every fucking week. You know, I know what I'm picking. Especially after know, this season. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? No, I agree. I agree totally about that. But what and, I'm and saying... You do, that... you, do, you do need to replace players. There's no doubt about that. But are you telling me that... that Gina and Al, if you, if you take your midfield now as it is, all seven or eight of them or whatever it is, right? Are you mm-hmm. telling me that Gina Manaldum at 30 years of age, 30, 30 years of age, am I right? Um, yeah. At 30 years of age is the most dispensable? No, not at all. Not, not in the slightest. That's not what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form. What I'm saying is they have to start looking to replace bodies. Now, unless he's going to get rootless and get rid of Oxley Chamberlain and Milner is is he looking, will. you know, he's oh, he will. Do you know what I mean? And if that's Oxy's the case, I, I completely, I completely got your point, Keith. I think Gav twisted your point and <laughs> no, and, and, and didn't. I, I actually got the point that you're trying to make in terms of the age, because he's the oldest out of sort of that nabby. Forty years of age. But we what have I'm, to start rebuilding. Yeah. When do we start rebuilding? And oh, you can you can you, you can rebuild, but you, you can rebuild, but you can't turn around and go, well, let's rebuild. We have to replace these players. So who's the oldest? Let's replace them. Like, That's not it. But the fact that the contract was running down and it's it's like Roy right, Genie is is gone. Yeah, but the, the contract's down to money. The contract, I don't think the contract's oh, yeah, down to no, ability. At this stage, or, oh, it never was down to no, ability. No, but it's Jesus not Christ. it's not down to ability. It's not down to loyalty. Yeah. Okay, it's down to the money. Okay, yeah. and let's be honest. We're I think Stephen. Yeah, check this comment out. Check this comment out. What, what, I think what Gav's saying is, let G, like for example, Milner blesses cotton socks. Um, you know, he he's he just won't be sort of ready for another Premier League title. Oh, you know, boy. yeah, yeah, you got you got to be ruthless there. I mean, and I'm a massive James Milner fan. Um, Oxley Chamberlain, Gruwich. These guys are, f- are the three that I would absolutely sell tomorrow 
ahead of uh, Ginny Wijnaldum. Well, you need let, someone to take them on the big Ginny, wedge, don't you? Let Ginny be the next Milner. So imagine we we have Ginny as the next Milner. It improves the squad strength. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, no I'm, issue I'm, with Ginny's ability. It's, it's like I said, it's just purely about rebuild. I'd get rid of the Ox because I don't think he can improve. I don't think he's going to get the games with us to improve or to, to get back to his, his um, where he can where he can sort of get to. But as people are saying, you know, Oxide Chamberlain's on 120 grand a week. We're going to need a Gilly to come in and take him. He's in, in with his injury record. I don't know if he's going to be easy to shift. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know if he's going to be easy to shift. I think we need to bring in players. If you're saying to me, Gav, would you rather have Genie Wijnaldum next season or let's say Basuma off Brighton? I'd rather have Genie Wijnaldum every day of the week because he's the known quantity. But I just think we need to start the rebuild and... Yeah, but, but it's, I, the way it's, I look, it's hard. When, when do we start? And and I'm not saying I do it. I'm just saying where does it start? And oh and yeah, I know. You? But you see, oh, well, I probably took it the wrong way because you said I want to do. I want you to did. say something controversial on this, right? Yeah. Well, he said I wanted to do something controversial on this on the genie thing. If we want to start a rebuild, should we not be replacing these players? They were the words you yeah. used. So I just took it as you want to start a rebuild yeah, by replacing Gene and Alden. So if that's not what you meant, that's fine. What, but no. just on the, on the talk of a rebuild, I don't see why you can't start a rebuild at this club or this squad in a... Well, not, I think rebuild is the wrong word because that sounds like you're signing 12 players. But what I'm saying is I can't see why you can't do that, right? And keep Gene and Alden and say, listen, we will give you... We're, Whatever he's looking for, they meet in the middle, and whatever it's, that's none of our business, right? Yeah. But we we will put you on a three year deal. Now let's be honest, contracts mean don't mean the fuck what aren't worth the paper they're written on. So if he signs a three year deal, right, and two years down the line or eighteen months down the line, we're evolving a bit more. When Aldam is probably getting a bit leggy or whatever it might be, and he knows in his heart of hearts, you know, it's not really working. Does does every chance he turns and says, "Look, PSV want me to come back to Holland, or or Feyenoord want me to go back to Holland, or whatever it might be," and a deal is done, and away he goes. All my point is is that there's no start a rebuild by all means, but I think Wijnaldum has much more value than certain players in this side. Um, in midfield, in my opinion, that's all. That's Couldn't all agree I more. And I think he should be used more, as as people said about Milner. I think he can do jobs at fullback, and you know, you said before about centre back, Gavin, and you got laughed there. I think he could do a job in games at centre back because he's that intelligent. I just, um, I'm just saying, you know, the, the squad has grown all together. We're going to be seeing a lot of players hitting thirty right around the same time, you know, 28, 29, 30. And that they're up for contract renewals. Virgil van Dijk's up for a contract renewal. You know, all these players are going to have to get paid. And, and if we have an issue with paying players a 30, a four-year deal on 150k a week, I just don't know if the club would be... But what I'm trying to say is, I don't know, you know, are the club going to give Rushit contract through to Genie and then be worried about somewhere else? I think he's better than most of the players. I, I'm not saying I'd get him get him out by any stretch i just wonder you know it's like the front three i think we'd all probably say bobby's time is up we need a new forward in but we're not going to keep the front three and people say get mbappe or get Haaland, and we've got jota there you know you, there probably has to be a bit of management in the squad someone will have to come out for someone to go in not from a financial point of view yeah but that's from but a body's but point down, of view but it does come down to finances then because then then it all comes full circle back to fsg and what are they willing to put in you know, and and I think, in my opinion, I think this season has shown how badly it can go through. You know, lack of form, 
injuries, COVID, it's all fucking being thrown at us, right? And I seen a stat the other day, Liverpool's players combined have missed 204 games this season. The next closest one is Leicester on 101 or something two. like that. 102. Yeah, it's exactly 50%, actually. Yeah, right. Um, fucking hell, Grizz giving me maths lessons. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's it, that shows you the magnitude. And I think, I think that as much as this season has shown me what the squad needs, I think it, it might have shown shone a big light on FSG and said they need to look and go, do you know what? No matter how prudent you are, no matter how well you're planned, this gets blown out of the water and you can literally be destroyed in nine months. You really, really can. And we only know that by the end of the season because yeah. let's be honest, lads, if we're far sitting here in four months' time and we're in the Europa League, we're all going to be up the walls. You know what I mean? About who's staying? Will this player stay? Will he sign these contracts you're speaking about? Will we get X player that we are linked with? You know, it all goes fucking turned upside down. Your world goes all over the place. But this all started because I had fucking Grizz said Genie when I had the man of the match. Why didn't he just say Curtis Jones could have moved on? Uh, Jamie, man of the match. Um, I think I'm going to go with Trent. Uh, I'm okay. going to go with Trent. Um, I think last couple of weeks he's really stepped up. Um, I think you're starting to see the trend, the trends of old distribution wise. He's fizzing balls, whether that's cross field passes, which you know when you've got teams that are sat in is is a godsend. Um, you basically ship, uh, shift the whole defensive line of the opposition. So to see him pinging balls from right to left is uh, is is fantastic. But not only not only that, but the hunger. I think I've seen a stat before in terms of ball recoveries. I think he was the most on 14. Our second most ball recoveries in the game is Andy Robinson on six. Like, that is that is insane from Trent. Um, so, for me, uh, offensively, uh, I think he, he looks back to his best. Defensively, he seems a lot more solid. And I think he's taken on a real leadership role there at the back. Um, you know, when, when when all the others are kind of dropping like flies, he's, he's coming to the fore. Yeah, um, John just says Gav players aren't leaving after one season out of the Champions League. He understands what happens this season. I, I'm completely with you on that. I'm I'm looking at it more from the ownership point of view. We've seen how prudent they are. We see how they have a model. They stick to that model. January being the absolute case in point. What I'm saying to you is, if that if that if that if they stick to that model and you're in the Europa League next season, their model will be affected massively. And what way would they what way would they react to that? Well. You know, your argument would be they react by saying, well, listen, the money isn't there or you need to move someone on in order to do A, B or C. That's what I'm saying. It, it comes full circle back to the owners Um, I, when what happens at the end of the season. And yeah, everyone understands what's going on this season. But if you go by the model and the way it is, you would you would expect some sort of prudent reaction to um being in Europa League for argument's sake. I, uh, I think everything's changed though, Gav. And it kind of goes back to Keith's points just on, on when Aldum. I think when Alden would have been gone, but I just don't think the teams are going to be buying that many players at the moment. So I think everybody's just kind of shut and shop. Um, so I don't think you'll see this market where, you know, players will be looking to leave. I, I think this is this season has been that uh, rare in how it's panned out. I think this whole squad will be looking at next season and, and say, right, we, we want to have one more go at this. Um, because I think this... Again, to go back to Keith's point, I know what he means. There's a natural evolution that should happen at a football club. And I think Ginny Wijnaldum, the reluctance from the club to give him that three-year deal tells you everything that you need to know. I, I don't. His reliability has been unbelievable. His availability has been key. And he's a great player, don't get me wrong. But if he was one of the players to move on, 
he's, he, I don't think he's going to be at the fulcrum of Liverpool's team for the next three years. So the club kind of looked at that and said, well, okay, if we have to be smart with wages, I don't want to give you that deal for three years. You can move on. And then naturally you bring in somebody new. You get rid of the, some of the dead wood. I, I, I can kind of see where Keith is coming from. That said, though, I think all plans go out the window now because of COVID. Uh, I think the clubs that potentially would be after some of our players maybe don't have the finances to do that. Um, and, and I think other than the dead wood, I don't think you'll see many, many Liverpool players leaving uh, going into next season. You definitely won't see you definitely won't see any of the big boys leaving. I disagree in terms of players overall, because I think there will be 100 percent a clear out of the deadwood. So obviously we don't consider our Mane's and Moles as Deadwood, but what I would, what I would consider as Deadwood is Shakiri, Oxley, yeah. Chamberlain, Gruwich, Wilsons. Hundred percent, we will be accepting offers this time round because of the fact that we do need investment, and I do believe there will be significant, significant investment in the first team squad without selling any of the first team players if you know what I mean mm -hmm. and, I, so, and I think for the first time this will be a change in you know you're talking about an approach from FSG I truly believe that I don't think we've got the time to sort of go into it more maybe we'll do another podcast um, and, 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 and talk about these kind of things because there are things in the pipeline I believe yeah. Yeah, no, I just think I, I'm not asking like for I'm just lastly on Ronaldo. I'm not asking like I'm not saying that you have to give Ronaldo material and he has to be the absolute fulcrum for Liverpool. What I'm saying is, but, but he wouldn't if, sign it, though, Gav. That's the key thing, mate. He well, wouldn't I don't, sign I don't that three-year deal if he wasn't gonna be. Yeah, but I, I don't know because I, like the way I look at it is, and, and I've always said this, it, you know, for me, and we've heard it so many times from Klopp. He, you know, he, he looks at the players and they're playing well, they play and stuff like that. But I've no issue with Wijnaldum going from 50 games a season for Liverpool to 35 games a season. You get more out of him at 31, 32 years of age. But but he's taken the place of somebody that is probably kicking the manager's door in last season because he's not getting the game time. And then this season, it comes around and where are you? And when you are here, it's been no good. I'd rather have Wijnaldum there. Do you know what I mean? It's just... It makes more sense in my head for the squad to have a Wijnaldum over a certain over one or two players that you would you know consider younger or, or you know on more yeah. money or whatever it might be. That's just where my thought process is because I think if you have Fabinho, you have Thiago, you have Henderson, and you have Wijnaldum, and all right, Milner probably looking at one more year maybe Jones, and you bring in two more. That's absolutely fine, but, but it, because if you can get five or six of them playing. Mixing and, and rotating at 30, 35 games a season each, I think you'll see the massive benefit. Plus, if Wijnaldum is one of those six, you know he's going to be available and you know what you're going to get out of him. And I think that that's that shows, that in my mind, is, especially after this season, has has to have way more value than potential or, or you know, he's, he's, he's this and he's that. Well, he's not fucking here, so stop telling me about him. Um, Keith, man of the match. Genie. No, nah, <laughs> um, nah, Curtis Jones for me. I thought Curtis Jones was excellent today. I thought he, you know, he really popped up everywhere. He, he's such a cute player in around the box, which I think we've been missing. You know, I, I don't think we've been seeing enough um, cuteness around around the box. And, and Jones hasn't always done it, but I thought today he was excellent. Gets his goal. Uh, I thought he was unlucky to come off, but then he did look like he was leading on two clutches, leaving the, the pitch. So, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he 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 probably needed to come off and come out. But yeah, I thought he was great. I thought he was excellent. But it was one of them. I agree with the, the boys. I think Trent was excellent today as well. I think he's really stepped up. And Jeannie, 
all joking aside, I thought Genie never lets you down. And as a, we always say, availability is the best ability, and that's what Genie has in spades. So it was one of them that I think there was two or three really standout performances today, and and it was good to see. You know, we haven't had much of it lately, but for me, it was Curtis Jones. Mm. I what was going to give a, I was well, I was going to give a man of the match, but um, Genie. Trent Curtis Jones, I'm good with that. I don't need to give him another match. You've all covered everything. Um, you 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 are the best boys. I've covered the <laughs> yeah. stuff. I have to say, um, appendicitis for Jota. Well, um, I don't know. Klopp Didn't Klopp say he'd be fit? He's all right for Chelsea. Okay. Okay. Our WhatsApp group is brilliant. There, it was like fucking Doctor Nick Riviera convention. There was people <laughs> going on about keyhole surgery for appendicitis. You were giving prognosis and diagnosis. It was absolutely unbelievable. And then at Doctor the end, Ray, it was like, Dr. and Alan. then at the end of it, Klopp just said, "No, he should be okay for Thursday." So, um, yeah, I really, really, um, I really enjoyed that. Um, what a fucking insane group of people they are in that group. It's 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 outrageous to be honest. Um, lads, great. Anything else before we go? No, that's all for now, folks. Happy, happy, happy. Good stuff. Jamie, anything else before we go? Uh quick shout out to Adrian who surprised me tonight. I thought he did his uh yeah. I thought he did his job very well. So uh round of applause to him. Oh, well in that case, I want to oh, in that case I want to give a quick <laughs> shout out to, to Nat Phillips. Um I have uh, been his critic from, from day one, literally, I'm gonna confess, but he hasn't put a foot wrong. So I will hold my hands up and you know me. Where I'm wrong, I'm wrong. He's been absolutely fantastic so far, playing like a leader. Mm. I want to give a shout out to Ozan Quebec because nobody else is going to. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, let me see, let me see. Chris Prosser says uh, Fab centre back versus Chelsea. Uh, we'll have to wait and see um, if he's back. No, he's back I want him in midfield, mate. I, want him in, I don't want midfielders well, where, in where, back anymore. Where we will discuss that extensively is carnage this week gaff so there's a little plug mm. uh ham 52 says love the show and the community thanks very much um he reminds me down here my super chat i don't know if it was a super chat but there you go we got no, it in there before the we oh sorry bobby playing deeper made a difference um yeah of course jones gets further ahead of him and uh, it does make a little bit of a difference i think liverpool need to show a little bit more though it was sheffield united it's something to build on yeah. but um you know as as we've all said we just we go into Thursday night now and just go listen what happens happens um you just take you have to kind of take in your stride a little bit um as the season goes on um but look that's it um there's nothing else before we go tomorrow was the forum as i've said it's myself phil andy and shawnee we will cover that fsg potential investment shawnee's gonna go mental about the state of refereeing i know that much um he had a breakdown yesterday um phil will probably tell me something at eight o'clock tomorrow night that he wants to talk about and um andy probably the same uh tuesday is a scout report uh course with five yards.co.uk that's on and um, that should be a cracking show again wednesday's a midweek fix oh no wednesday's a double show because we're the best uh grizz is on at nine o'clock with grizz matisse the chelsea fan yep and my uh, little and my, and my little dynamite partner in crime avi avi california yes, them three are on from nine till about five to ten if we can get them off and then jamie's on from 10 o'clock with the midweek fix and we'll of course we'll confirm all who's out on them shows as well uh thursday will be a match reaction to the chelsea game and friday chris is back with the friday forecast so a packed packed week ahead um yeah we're just 
acting the maggot now doing all these Busy shows man. oh acting the maggot we are uh, really really are but listen that's been the Fatback 4 Liverpool have won a game of football me and Grizz are off to play Warzone Jamie might join us Keith definitely won't uh, we try and find Carl we try and find Shawnee Brenzy's still alive there you go there's a bit of an exclusive for you and um, yeah that's it over and out Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>